Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody out there. Uh, make sure that you guys, while we do this, we just want to invite you, remind you, request, uh, beg, plead, all of that good stuff that you, I forgot where my camera is, um, that you please join in the conversation. Uh, give us your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your concerns, your uh, anything you want to share with us. Please put it in the comments. We do monitor our comments both during the live and after the live. So at any time you watch this, please join in the conversation. That's all for me. What Got are we it. talking about today? I quit. I don't know. I quit. I quit too. <laughs> I forgot, so I'm going to just give up. <laughs> We're talking about being a quitter, giving up, um, and what that means in terms of your goals. Should people just quit while they're ahead? Should people <laughs> give up on everything meaningful to them? Should I give up on life? <laughs> no! I think so. so I think, I mean, in, to surmise, uh, we're talking about when is it a good thing to quit, pretty much, or maybe not a good thing. Maybe when is it right to quit or give up on your goals or give up on, you know, quit something? Um, what does it mean to quit, guys? Who's oh, sorry, I'm yawning. <laughs> to not participate. Yeah. Uh, to disengage to uh, abort a process that you were going through um you have to start something to quit something you can't say oh i have a goal and then never work towards that goal and then say well i quit that goal that's not really quitting you just <laughs> never started it in the first place you have to be trying to achieve something and probably earnestly trying to achieve something and then for one reason or another you say this isn't going to happen. I'm going to use my time doing some, to do something else. Well, I don't um, think it often happens that way, unless you've done a lot of work on yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you get to that point, but essentially the results are the same words. You're not doing the thing you set out to do anymore. And there's a certain stigma uh, for quitters. I, I mean, I it's a stigma. Be, yeah. I used to be, I'm, I have, I still struggle with quitting like things like I have a thing that's in me like once I start something I gotta finish it like I, I it may it's hard for me to quit things and I've definitely had to learn that it's okay like it's okay when I do like in the right circumstances it's okay yeah. I guess it's always okay but like um give, I have to give myself permission to quit things uh which yeah. I think everybody does I, I guess yeah I think it's a thing that a lot of adults have to learn how to do because when they're when you're a kid you're like you're taught to persevere i mean most of the time you're taught to persevere and it's a bad thing if you quit something also okay. as we're yeah. sharing too i'm thinking it, it isn't just not doing something either it isn't just like anthony said you have to start something for for it to be quitting but i think you have to also consciously choose to go away from something in order to for it to be quitting also like you have to otherwise you're just sort of like letting it fizzle out or you know what i mean um, oh, you're making a statement that, like i'm done with this like if you quit a job um which jen was talking about doing earlier <laughs> um, oh, i mean there's a phenomenon of quiet quitting but like if you stop showing up to work and then you know you're fired as a result of that that's different from saying to your boss hey i quit uh here's my two-week notice goodbye um you're taking a responsibility when you quit you're making a conscious it's an action it is it is uh an active thing choosing to quit choosing to give up choosing to just stop that thing whatever it might be uh it's i it's very tangible real life example of this is you know when somebody breaks up with someone like that 
okay, I'm giving up. I'm quitting. We're calling it quits. We're, I mean, but you have to choose to do that. You can't just sort of like, oh, I'm going to just ignore them and then start dating other people. I mean, people do that. Like, it's like the ultimate avoidance, but that is not, I would say that is truly not quitting. Like that is, that is just chickening out on the making the choice part of quitting or giving up. Um, Lisa? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of relationships when I'm working with them. That's kind of the common word that they use, but they don't usually mean I'm done with the relationship in that moment. I'm done with the topic. I'm done. <clears throat> but it usually sends the other person into a frenzy because they receive that message as I'm done <laughs> with the relationship. So sometimes it's even finding different words to um, allow feelings to be described differently so that the understanding happens. In that relationship on then has many connotations. Um, I'm curious. And, uh -huh. um, how, raise your hand if you've walked away from a relationship. Many. All right, raise your hand if you've quit a job before. Okay, so we all know what it is to quit then. At least in those two scenarios, I was I wanted to find someone who like hasn't done it. They're just like, no, I've just been fired or broken up with. <laughs> <laughs> what about more more about quiet quitting? So like the example that I'm thinking of is when I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna eat this way for the next little bit, and then the next time you talk to me, I'm eating a different way, and you're like, I thought you said you were gonna do that. Where I'm basically just like not following through with these. Is that quitting? I think oh. so. It used to, it brings me up. Like it used to, I used to be vegetarian. And when I was a vegetarian, I was a hard and fast vegetarian. I was vegetarian. I like, I chose not to be vegan because I knew I wasn't capable of doing that, but I'm going to be a vegetarian. So I'm going to eat vegetarian. And it, it drove me crazy. The vegetarians that like were called themselves vegetarians, but like were in and out of it. Like, oh no, I'm a vegetarian, but uh, I, you know, I eat meat on Thursdays and I'm like, no, you're not. You're not suffering like me. This is not fair. <laughs> you're not suffering. <laughs> and um, it would make me mad. And, and but yeah, I would feel like they, they, I wouldn't even call them quitters because I feel like they never committed to begin with like like they were never in it to begin with so they didn't they didn't even deserve to be called a quitter oh my gosh about about the commitment um so i guess if i'm just saying hey i'm gonna do something that's not really enough of a commitment to warrant quitting with any sort of intention what right? is commitment tell me what a commitment is I mean, it's, I think I think it's the earnest, like, attempt at a goal of some sort. Um, so, like, I don't know. I could say that I'm doing something and never attempt it. That's not a commitment. But if I follow through with the steps of a goal, I'm committing myself to that goal. I'm committing time and resources to do something. So, in the case of the vegetarian committing to i mean that's kind of easy because you're not doing you're not doing something you're not eating a meat whereas if i was there is a difference between not like a mexican restaurant that smells delicious and okay you cannot eat even the but what i what i'm saying is that <laughs> I mean, choosing to uh, recuse yourself from an action versus trying to achieve a goal so like if i said i am committed to writing a book i have to actually sit down and put pen to paper and spend time to achieve that goal and i'm committing resources to achieve that this is, this is a good example this brings up so i have a thing that i'm deciding if i want to do or not and i kind of part of me feels like that i'm i'm thinking about not doing it is enough for me to say I shouldn't do it. Um, because I, but I have started the, like, put the wheels in place. I've, I've gone, I guess I've gone to meetings. So this is a potential business thing that, that I've been, um, that I've been asked to be a part of to do like branding for, uh, 
be a sort of a consultant in um, and to do help with like the marketing, branding, et cetera. And it's a very beginning stages project, like very beginning, like they just have a business plan right now. Um, and and I, I mean, what I mean, and to the point that I could sort of make my role, whatever I want to be in there. Um, and I'm in this position where it's sort of like I have to ask or get off the pot with it, right? Where I got to either keep, I can't keep going to these meetings. I've been to like four or five meetings now. And I still have not given them an answer with anything. Like I've not committed to doing anything other than hearing them out right now and reading the business plan and potentially giving some feedback. And then, you know, but um, I'm sort of, I feel like I'm in at the crossroads with it. Like, do I continue or do I say uh, enough is enough? So is that a commitment? Am I quitting? Um, is it, I don't know. Is it a quitting yet? Because I, I haven't really started. I don't know. I, do. I think okay. that's a distinction that in order to quit something there has to be a commitment yeah so it's not yeah. quitting i mean there's no is there any not your own expectations of yourself but is anybody else have any sort of expectations from you like do you have a responsibility towards these people no i've not made the commitment to them to have a responsibility they're trying to get me to that's what they're like every conversation is like will ya are ya will ya could ya would ya and i have yet to make a promise to do anything because because there's they have yet to really give me a full offer uh either that's the other end so i'm, I'm like well i don't want to just pluck things out of thin air i either i'm gonna probably charge you way too much money and you're not gonna like it and i'm not passionate enough i guess i'm answering my own question about it for me to do it just pro bono and get paid later <laughs> i don't think so well, then the question is can you quit something you're not a part of yet I guess not. No, if you, just if, not you if you have a if you haven't even gotten a gym membership, can you quit and not leave the gym? It feels like, like turning away from an opportunity, and so maybe that's why it feels like quitting a little bit. Is that I'm turning there's an opportunity potential, right? And I have to make the conscious choice not to be a part of it and be okay with that. That wherever it goes, whatever happens, I made this choice. Hmm. Yeah, trying to get attention. <laughs> <Lisa>. <laughs> So what you're talking about is evaluating whether or not you want to make a commitment. That's the foundation. That's, that's a healthy standard to, to support when you either make the commitment or you decide this is not the direction for you. Right? Yes. So, so it's not so it's part of the plan. It's part of the program. Is it part of commitment? Not yet, not until you actually commit, right? But it is part of a healthy way to evaluate what is, um, you know, that statement we use, what serves you best. I did I did walk away from a film not too long ago and that, that was tough to do, but it was definitely quitting because I was, I was gonna produce. And then I said, nope, not doing it anymore. I made my commitment, but then this is not going how I planned on it. Nothing is working. I don't think I'm going bye-bye. <laughs> how that went. So then that gets in the conversation of when do people quit? Yeah, I can, maybe I mean, not, maybe not when it's appropriate when people quit, like, cause there's always like, you can have situations where like, there's regret and like, oh, I shouldn't have quit. Like when you go to um, the casino, you should never quit when you're, you know, betting, lose money, just keep playing, and you'll. No, you should quit while you're ahead when you're at a no, casino. No, you no, absolutely no. should. Spending your money, um, but in you know, how do people justify quitting to themselves at the end of the day? And there's a I, there's a few reasons I see them on the um, in Slack. I mean, I, can, but, I remember vividly the first time I quit something. Me too. Uh, and it was traumatizing or it was hard. I cried, I meditated, I talked to people because I don't like letting people down. I hate letting people down. And I, I, you, I know that the moment I quit something, I am letting people, I'm letting somebody down. And that is very hard for me to do. Like that is very hard for me to do. Um, I also suffer from a bit of FOMO, so like quitting, it can be difficult sometimes because it's like, well, I'm going to miss out on something I like there, you know, and that's tough. Um, but I also know that in many cases, it's the right choice. 
it absolutely does. It just is so hard to do sometimes, truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. I would say for everybody too. Um, I know that is a big reason why a lot of us kind of shy away from quitting when we know we're not in the right position that we should be doing um, because you don't want to let other people down. But it's kind of like, you know, the glass half full. Um, so if you're not fully there, um, are you really actually there for them? I mean, in a sense, you're letting them down already by not fully committing to, you know, for some reason, our Facebook comments are coming through and I don't know why, but I just, I happen to have it up on my other screen, but Jen Christie brought up a really good point. And so I'm just going to read it out loud. And she mm -hmm. says, uh, to pledge to oneself, uh, to a position of, of an issue or a question, express one, one's feelings. I think that it matters why and how you quit. Um, but the, the, she was saying, what, what is a commitment? To pledge oneself to a position or issue or question, to express one's intention and feeling. Um, and it's, it is, it's kind of, it is like the contract. It's like a, whether it be verbal or it's like, I am gonna do this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we're getting all kinds of comments. I don't know why Facebook is not giving yeah. them. I will monitor them because I just got another one too. So um, I will fully will do my best to keep an eye on these because Ronnie Lowe also is totally joining in the combo. So I, I'm, um, um, uh, so Brooke and Air Elders, but we can't show our reflection, our feelings about what we're doing in coaching. It's easier to try the co to control others instead of ourselves. Uh, true, yeah. Often though quitting is the right choice. So you're not letting yourself down and you're not letting others down when you see it's the wrong path or the wrong solution, or it's not what you want and it's not adversely affecting anyone else. It's the right choice. So quitting would be celebrated. Isn't that the whole point of coaching to decide if you're on the right path and if this is what you really want, uh, or if it's the mission and vision and goal and serving people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lovely said, thank you. I think one interesting though thing that I'd like to ask you guys about in that, she said, and it's not adversely affecting anyone else. That, I don't think we have control over that. No. I mean, I've quit things before where it's adversely affected other people. And I, you know, didn't give, give a crap at the time because well, their well-being is not my concern. Um, there's times where their well people's well-being is my concern. So like jobs that I've quit, I give the two week notice because I don't want my coworkers like having an undue burden in my absence. And I've still remained friends with those coworkers too. So like, I want to try to maintain those relationships. Other jobs I've quit, it was Amazon. Who gives a crap? Okay. Uh, Nope, I feel it. I worked for Joe Bezos or Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's certain situations where, like, yeah, you're quitting is going to hurt somebody. Like, it hurt the productivity of my area manager at Amazon because I was a really good worker. But in the end, I don't care. They go, <laughs> they go through workers uh, like crazy there, and their well being is not my concern um, at that time. So it becomes a point where like, is it really that you're empathetic and caring about people or are you a people pleaser and it's holding you back from quitting when it's in your own best interests? And that's the reason I think why, I mean, I think that a lot of us here have some people pleasingness in us and are, you know, current people pleasers in, uh, in what is it called? Like remission or? <laughs> People recovery there's a word recovery <laughs> sometimes we relapse though like let's be honest <laughs> yeah it's true. Totally. true yeah there's no like it's not gone forever it is not <laughs> oh, i forgot that what I, my examples before that's just not even including examples where like you're pressured by other people to not quit i've never really had that experience if i quit they're just like okay like we'll let you go whatever see you later but there's times you quit something and someone is dependent on you and they try to convince you otherwise and that becomes really difficult um, oh, yeah. when you're trying to do what is for your best interest i certainly had that i mean that's one of the first things i quit was it was one of a short film i worked on with the teacher and when i was in this is like the first traumatizing thing that i in in college and um i was like oh my god i gotta quit and literally i only had one more day of shooting 
I have one more day of film, filming. Like I could have easily, but I had had it up to here. <laughs> and I was like, this man is ridiculous. And he is just asking way. And I couldn't even get through one the last day. And he certainly begged and pleaded, especially with film. Like you can't losing somebody. I mean, it was a big deal. And, but I could not bring myself to actually show up. I was like, I will drop off everything that I have. And I, but the rest, I'm still credited on that film. <laughs> I was like, but I will not be there. I want nothing to do with anything else from here forward. Bye-bye. <laughs> um, and it was absolutely the right thing to do. I still stand by it, um, that it was the right thing. And, and you don't know how many people on that film set were like, I wish I was you. Like, I wish I had done, I wish. <laughs> um, but it just, I couldn't. Um, and it was definitely adverse and they did beg and they did plead, but I, I knew going in that there was, I knew it in my soul, <laughs> like what I would and could not do. Um, have you guys ever tried to quit something and then backpedaled? Usually when I make a decision, I live by that decision. So saying it out loud and then backpedaling is not something I typically do. So I, I have to think about that question. Um, I might take longer to answer it, but backpedal is not something I normally do. I remember a time where I did when I was in school and part of a fraternity, I was over it, done, moved on. I was ready for the next phase of my life, but I was pressured into staying for reasons that, you know, the, the rest of, he wanted me to help and things like that and how was that time that you stayed and did it were you glad um i was a shell of myself i wasn't really i was there but i was just a figurehead i guess i yeah. wasn't showing up <laughs> anything yeah your heart's not really in it anymore and it's really yeah. hard to get it back in there I think saying, yeah. um, it's, it's important it was... it, i think with that if you're looking to spare other people um i didn't spare anybody uh, by just being there, wasting space. So, was a... I, I don't know if I've ever backpedaled from quitting, but I've definitely delayed quitting because it's hard. But whenever I've done it, like, I just am very brutal with <laughs> the quitting where, like, it's just like, this is it. I have to live with the freaking consequences. And sometimes the consequences have been tough, but I don't know if I've backpedaled, but I have procrastinated. Um, <laughs> many situations i'm very good at that part um well, as you were sharing uh to jerome about that and and also lisa and, and lisa was saying that you know she doesn't typically back go back you know she's made a decision i wonder if that's something with us folks who are inclined to be people pleasers like it's really hard for us to get to the point of quitting right so you either really have to have pushed us like super far to a point that we're like i've tried everything right um because we're willing to bend and flex so much to try to make things you know good and kosher and um that when we finally get to the point that it's like i this is it's like we it takes a lot of contemplation and a lot of thought and then so when we get the 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 cojones to be like okay this is it we're quitting we're done we probably thought it through a lot and probably been pushed to the point that we're like no 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 you're not going to talk us back from this we have decided um and we are probably run through in our heads a hundred different ways how somebody might ask us to go the other direction mm -hmm. and nobody can't i don't know maybe that's just me <laughs> no, i think i don't know maybe it is what about as a, as a co-conspirator in people pleasing realm jen <laughs> so it's funny as i'm listening to this conversation i'm like racking my brain for like examples of when i've quit things and i can't come up with that much and so i'm starting to realize that I don't have much of a relationship with quitting. And it's because I don't commit to that much. When I do commit, I'm all in 110%, but I don't commit to a lot. I may, I may be setting myself up to not quit. I don't know. I'm just realizing like, I don't, I can't think of many examples of, of quitting. I, I, I can't even hardly come up with any. 
this is bizarre. I can think of a lot of things I've said I want to do that I haven't followed through with. But again, there was no official commitment. It's still a free floating <laughs> idea. <laughs> okay, so in coaching, how does this all relate to coaching, guys? What we're talking about? So clients are going to have goals and some clients will, you know, commit, they'll persevere, they'll go all in and they may or may not achieve their goals. That's not a commitment. That's a failure, but your clients are allowed to <gasps> find failure. However, they see it. Sorry. <laughs> That's a failure. Nice. I mean, in the most literal sense, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a failure, but the clients are allowed to de decide how, what does that mean to them when they fell short of achieving their goals? That's fine. You're also going to have clients who are going to want to quit their goals or change goals or, you know, give up clients whose goal is like, I'm coming in. Okay. Yeah. Help me figure out how to quit this job. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah there's, there's another one. The whole plan. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. We're going to set you up to win and quitting. Like, yeah. um, but that is the achievement of a goal though. They have a, they have an end result they're looking towards, which is quitting. They need to find a way to do it even though the subject of the, the subject of their goal is to quit something what i'm talking about is the client who has a goal in mind and then decides not to follow through with it anymore um which can be challenging i mean it's challenging for me because i'm the kind of person who's like you got to persevere you got to push through the hard stuff to see a good end result that you want um which is my judgment. I shouldn't, you know, bring that into the coaching session, but it's how I sort of think about life sometimes. Other times, you know, it's clearly obvious people should quit something to me, but it's not my place to tell them you should stop doing this, um, even though they're just sort of delaying the inevitable or pushing through because reasons. Um, <laughs> What is it? It's the um, what is it when you've like put so much effort and like time into something and you just do it because you tell yourself something? Yeah, sunk cost yeah. fallacy um, yeah. is another one. So, like, how do you deal with that as a coach when there's situations where it's apparent that this person should quit? Not, I'm still now applying labels. Yeah. It's apparent they should quit or it's apparent that they just need a little perseverance to achieve their goals. How do you know the difference? Yeah, when is the perseverance and when is it appropriate? As a coach, we can't make that judgment. No. How do you ask those questions then to like your client? Like when is it appropriate to quit? When is it? Yeah. When, but let's say I want to take it back a step before we go into even what Anthony just asked. Mm -hmm. I just want to highlight this moment right here because it's something that we is, is important to highlight when he, he what anthony said was what do you do when it's obvious that your client should quit something like it's obvious to you that, that you should quit something well i'm also playing the devil's advocate i'm not <laughs> pump the brakes back it up <laughs> right um the first thing you should say wait I, why wait Am I the one who gets to decide that this is obvious? Am I the one that, that gets to decide that I should they should quit? If if I that is that for me to choose to, to decide? And that should be the first question, right? Uh, and then we the big blurt blanking answer to ourselves is no, it shouldn't be. So then what we do is we can ask around where our client is and what they want. Uh, and if it is they, you know, that's what they want uh, from there. Right, I would say. I mean, but I could see uh, for many of us, you know, I'm in a relationship. He treats me horribly. He does this. He does that. He does meh. I mean, but here I am, and I'm stuck, and it's awful, and all of these things, and it keeps coming up, and you know, we're on this cycle, and it never gets better, and it's always this, and it's always that. Well, me as a coach, my first thought might be, wait, this obviously they should break up with this guy. Obviously, but wait, pump your brakes. Maybe I'm going to even say stop there because what you're going to go back to is that 
first question, what do you want to accomplish in today's session? And that's going to set where they want to open up that dialogue. So when you said you wanted to XYZ in today's session, how does this moment, what you're sharing, relate to that? Yeah. So, okay, example, I'm gonna, I want to have a better relationship with somebody, right? This is total fictional. Fiction example. <laughs> um, she doesn't want good relationships. No. <laughs> Uh, I don't I hate them. <laughs> no better relationships whatsoever. My, my overarching goal is that I would like to, but then there's going to be a mini goal. So the, there'd have to be a logical mini goal, which would be like, okay, I'd like to talk to my significant other about X, Y, or Z, uh, about, you know, making a plan to do better. And in the whole conversation, it comes out that, well, my partner will, but they won't listen, but they won't, like, you know what I mean? It's like negating everything that's, that, that is productive. So I think could, I could just imagine as a coach, people going, this guy's a douchebag. Let's just go to the extreme too. Just like, but my partner's cheating on me. Yeah, right. Um, I want to keep the relationship together. Uh, but my partner, he just keeps sleeping with prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't stop him. He's I I I lock the bank account. I take his keys away, but somehow it just keeps happening. What do I do? I, what do you think you should do? What do you want to do? I should fix him. Maybe he'll should. promise he'd change and be different. And in our heads, we're screaming, right? But it's not for yeah. us to decide if they should be together or not. And if you fix him, what will that solve? Well, he'll be fixed. And Everything. Can you, can you fix <laughs> well, it, it actually. Oh, I, I thought you meant fix like, like um, you know. Like, <laughs> well, yes, you can. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Just... <laughs> We're off the rails. Off the rails. <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh my god, prostitutes and snipping. <laughs> but the the question. I don't even know if you should ask, can you fix a person? Because the assumption behind that question is you can't. You're delivering that assumption. Who are you in control of? If you're you're sharing with me, you want to fix who your man is. Mm -hmm. Who are you in control of? I'm in control myself. The problem is I want to control my partner so that they stop doing things I don't like. Mm -hmm. And how's that work so far? Not good. My my. That's why I have a coach, and my goal is to control my partner so they do things <laughs> I like rather than things that I don't. Hear yeah. me apart. The, the, they're not going to say that. <laughs> they're going to word. I've known couples who have worded things in that way, mm -hmm. not in that specific way, but that's the yeah. underlying like goal is they want to control. The actions of other people. They do. You're right. But, mm -hmm. You know, that's not something that you really can, you know, control on your own. And how do you, as a coach, this is kind of get getting off the topic of quitting, but how do you, as a coach, even get them to that realization? They need to leave. I mean, we can't. I don't get them to that realization. So the wording that you're saying is not quite. Um, yeah, because you're attached to coaches. We don't get them there. We yeah. help them figure out what serves them best. So using those kinds of language where we um, are supportive and what they want their outcome to be. If, if they have come and they and they usually respond what they're in control, I'm only in control of myself. I, I want to fix this situation. What about that situation are you in control of? Well, and I mean, our, it always goes back. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting, Brooke. Go ahead. Yeah, no, our job as a coach is to never, it's to never get them to a goal they have not set themselves, right? That is not, so if the goal is never for them to break up, then not my goal, then that is my goal too, even though I might be going against everything. But the moment we think, okay, wait, I got to coach them to something mm -hmm. that they have not brought to the table, we even now attached ourselves to an outcome. Right that is not our outcome that's not their outcome it's our outcome um and so 
this is, I think, a great thing to bring up in this space because I can see a lot of situations for in co for us as coaches where it feels really obvious that this is the answer. The solution is quitting this and doing this instead. And um, but truthfully, we can't make those judgments. We have to stay in line with whatever that client wants, even if it is screaming and running the other direction. Of I'm going to stay with them. They can. I don't care if they sleep with a hundred prostitutes and I catch ten STDs. I'm going to make this work. And we might be going, this goes against everything inside of us that we would do, but this is what you want. Okay, let's figure out how to do it. Not that we have anything against sex workers at CLCI, mostly against people who cheat on their significant yeah. others. Yeah. That's what yeah. we're against. Um, <laughs> Nothing against sex workers whatsoever. But so then the the hard part, I guess, for a lot of coaches is the realization that sometimes your client's worst enemy is themselves and mm -hmm. you're not here to fix that. Mm -hmm. So they will persevere when they should quit and they'll quit when they should persevere, but that's not really your determination. Um, but there are some ways to help the client evaluate when it, when it, when is it time for them to quit or should they still persevere? So I'm so going off of things that you posted, Lisa, um, well, Lisa bringing up that point of what are they in control of, right? When we start to ask these questions, what will happen, though, is because we're, we're playing in a very 2D world, black and white world right now. But the truth, the truth of the matter is, as whole human beings, nobody's going to be, eventually, somebody's going to have that aha moment and go, shit, this isn't working. Uh, okay, so what can I do? And that's when they start to work in those spaces of what they are and it comes back to much more reason coming into more reasonable spaces. We're playing in a very extreme 2D kind of space, but the reality is I give, don't, I mean, I'm going to give credit to 98% of human beings out there. I don't know who the 2% are, but uh, the 98% of human beings out there that will, you'll be able to, as a coach, ask certain questions and they'll realize, oh crap, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and they'll, they'll hopefully return to a logical uh, or a, a more sensible place. I'm curious, Lisa, you've had a, a ton of coaching experience. Have you ever been in a situation where you were just screaming, uh, like, on the inside about what they wanted to be coached on and the directions they were going? Yeah, it's been a few times. It's been some work <laughs> outside of the session. So I'm, uh, you know, definitely neutral in the session. There's this couple that, you know, as we've been talking about, I've been thinking about scream to me, run for the hills. <laughs> Do not stop for any red lights. They just did not. And, and they kind of came in with, they didn't say these words out loud. And not that I would ever even go down that path, meaning I wouldn't instigate that path, but they basically said, we want to stay together. We want to, um, Others are telling us to separate and, we, and we're staying together and we're getting married. Uh, and, and as I heard them interact with one another, it, it was, you know, but every, every couple has different phases of um, arguing, which can feel like the I'm quitting. The, the, the you know, I'm, I'm a huge John Gottman fan. And as a John, John Gottman fan, his research, I kind of rely on, among others, but especially his and the arguments where they turn towards each other, that's going to, you know, come out in the end because they're still communicating at some point, the other couple that argues and then turns away from each other. Those are the ones that, you know, he can usually predict pretty well on those couples that are not going to stay together. And you have, you know, the soft, arguers, you have the medium arguers, you have the loud arguers. And, and of those, it's the same thing. If you turn towards, meaning go towards each other to try and rectify whatever you experienced, that couple's going to have a tendency to have that tenacity um, to um, survive. The other couple who goes into what he calls the four horsemen of apocalypse. There's the, the turn away, there's the um, disgusted, there, there are several different, what did you say? 
think I can remember them all. <laughs> yeah, it's where you're disgusted. It's where you criticism. are calling. There's stonewalling. Criticism, stonewalling. Um, criticism, yeah. yeah, criticism, stonewalling. Oh, the other two are, are yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when a couple does that, which is what this couple was doing, they were being very aggressive, passive aggressive with one another and um, did not want to be coached really, right? They just wanted to make it look like they were being coached. And so that that's uncomfortable. That's not a comfortable place because they, they weren't being, so there's also, a couple has influence with each other. They didn't want to be influenced with each other, but they wanted to stick to what they said their commitment was. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. And on the inside, you were like, break up. <laughs> uh, get real. <laughs> it was really more. Get real. This is pretend. You're talking about getting into a committed relationship with the, uh, each other. And we're in the divorce capital of United States in Orange County, California, when I was there. It is a huge divorce rate there. What about quitting as a coach? So like, I tell my client, I quit. Could you be like, I, yeah, I quit with you. I'm not doing this with you, crazy couple. I'm out. Like, <laughs> I thought you meant something just like, mm, no, I don't like that goal you have anymore. Let's touch on something. <laughs> I, that, I meant sort of like that, to be serious, though, that can happen, though, with things <laughs> such as like stuff that doesn't fall in the coaching realm. Yeah, right? I did that. I've had clients who will talk to me about things related to depression um, mm -hmm. and psychological issues and that was like kind of their goal they wanted to work on. And I said, I can't do that. I can't do that for these reasons um, <laughs> that yep. I'm not, I don't have the training for this. Um, this is not within the scope of coaching. What we can do is work on like similar goals in the here and now that will give you something in the future to work towards. Um, but that was kind of an example of like, you're quitting on what the, client is offering, but there's a way to try to bring it back to the coaching space. I, I did um, that and the client wasn't happy. They didn't hear me say those things. This is beyond my scope of practice. This is not something I can work on with you. This has got to go. I was very clear. And when they left, they were still clouded. I'm like, I don't understand what you don't understand, but no one. Like, it's like asking, it's like asking your plumber to do an electrician's job. Like it, people will do that, but like you don't have the tools of an electrician in your tool belt. And if you try to do that, it's very dangerous metaphorically. And now in the electrician case, like literally, it's dangerous. The other way around, it probably might not be so bad. You know, having your electrician do your plumbing, but having a plumber do your like, I mean, that's scary. Electricity is scary. <laughs> I've, done, I've done plumbing before. I used to be a plumber. I would never ever think to do an electrician's job. Um, in the same way that, even though I'm a coach now, I would never think to try to do a psychologist's job or. A psychotherapist job um so there are times where your client's going to offer you something and you got to quit and say no i can't do this let's do something else now that's not the case where your client's just like i want to lose five pounds i'm like no you should try doing this instead um but wait if i come to you and i say i want to lose five pounds and you don't kind of investigate underneath that then we go forward and i'm just trying to lose five pounds mm -hmm. and i eventually you know either don't make any progress or change the goal and you get frustrated because i changed the goal but the goal was never actually the goal in the first place because it's something deeper underneath that can then, happen so well, you wait, know, a, client, a client who loses weight but is still not satisfied with the results of that. Um, I was being a bit facetious where I was like, no, you're going to learn how to skateboard instead. That's the goal <laughs> I want you to do. 
this whole five pound thing, it's not working for you. We've tried. It. <laughs> it's not working for you. Let's do something. Let's, this but, is not entertaining enough. But, but interesting enough, in our lives, we have those people that tell us those things. We can mm. do better. Right? <laughs> coaches don't need to do that. Yeah. Coaches are not needing to correct or rectify the client's five pound goal in that space. I'm not, and I'm not going skateboarding. I will kill myself. <laughs> Brooke, you mentioned though, I think you meant like, when does a coach quit a coaching relationship? Um, yeah. At what point? Or, I mean, and feel okay with it. And not, I mean, like, what is as a coach? Just explore that space because I think this is something we I mean, something we talk about in our level one a lot, like referring a client mm -hmm. out and doing that. But a lot of our coaches have a fear, apprehension. You know, some are very good, solid, we got this, but some feel like, well, I'm abandoning them. Some feel like, well, I'm, uh, I mean, this is like, like, tell me about quitting and, and coaches when we have to say, hey, we, we, this coaching relationship cannot continue. Well, that the difficulty can arise, like even not the interpersonal relationship, but the monetary relationship. A client who's going to pay me ten thousand dollars for a six-month package is a lot. Is a bigger situation than, oh, uh, well, I had a you know a discovery call with one person, um, and then I'm quitting after that. That's you know. That's Money can be a huge factor in whether or not how long someone is willing to coach someone when maybe they shouldn't or maybe well, they shouldn't quit. And in that scenario, has the coach held on to that money or mm -hmm. spent it? Yeah. If they spent it, they got to scramble because in some fashion, if, if the coach is saying, you know, we need our separation, I have to give, I mean, I think it's ethical to give the money back, right? Yeah. And I guess you don't have to, but to me, ethically, I'm going to say, yes, I would give the money back. But if you've already spent that money and you're looking for the next dime, there's a problem with that. Yeah. I mean, like even in a general sense of working a job, you're going to be hard pressed to quit a job when it's the thing that's putting the food on the table and paying your bills. Um, you know, that's money down the drain, essentially. So... Some coaches might be willing to stay longer than they should. But here's the thing. We can still coach somebody when they're going to therapy. We're just not coaching them on that topic or on that digging into that history of that moment. Oh, I, I meant like in any situation, like where you should stop oh. coaching. Your client could just be an asshole to you. You should just not work with somebody who's a bad client in that sense I, but mind you i know jen has and i know i have walked away from clients and i have said no this is not you don't what you don't want is coaching and so i'm not going to continue for my sake and yours because the whole time i feel like it's going to be us sort of more at odds with one another because when i'm in a straight coaching space i will be just coaching but a lot of people come to me thinking, oh, well, I'm going to get some expertise in there too. I'm going to sneak it in. And that doesn't work for me. If we're in a straight coaching space, we'll just be coaching. And so if I feel like you're going to push back on me in that space and be somebody that is insisting on my expertise when I'm not, this, that's not what this is, I'm not going to continue. We will be done in that moment. Uh, and I and I'm will very clear, conscious, push, I'll give you a refer you to somebody. I'm going to refer you over here, hopefully to somebody that, that, you know, either is willing to do that or, um, that, or I'm going to charge you a lot of money, but probably not because <laughs> I don't really do that anymore. So, <laughs> um, and you had a question, Janet, you fired two clients, haven't you? <laughs> okay. I don't even have water. I don't know. I don't know where I'm choking on air. I'm live. Yeah, as soon as I asked you that question, you're like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I think I'm all right. So I'm wondering about a coach. I'm thinking about a new coach who doesn't have a lot of experience yet. So they don't have a lot to compare or contrast with. And for whatever reason, they don't feel like they are getting the results for their client 
but the client keeps coming, keeps paying, keeps wanting to work with them, but that coach feels insecure about not delivering. What is our advice for that coach on when you do deliver the anything? You're not, a pizza, you're not a pizza delivery driver where <laughs> someone puts an order for a large serving of success and you're supposed to <laughs> bring them the pizza box full of it. Like you don't deliver things. <laughs> you try to get the person to go to the store to buy the pizza. Okay, but if you feel like you're not getting the person to go to the store, but the person still wants to work with you, so more of what you're describing, what you're describing is a big feeling about the connection and attachment you have with the client. That's what we say. You cannot be attached to the results. It's not. It's not about us. We are connected. Definitely connected. We're in this process with them. We're partnering with them to help them achieve what they want. I cannot want it more than them. So part of the, even the return on investment, the ROI, you know, we've met for a couple of times now. Tell me what your feeling is on the progress of your coaching sessions. And I would ask those kinds of questions. And if they say, good, hang on one second. If they say the progress, I'm really happy with the progress, then the rest is you and you gotta go do your own work. Mm-hmm, yep. Not yep. only that, but there's another step that I would, ask the, that coach is are do, are you setting intentions are do you have session goals because like uh, that coach is like i'm not getting the results well wait are these your results or the client's results like are and 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 you should know if you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish in that session based on that first discussion you have in the session right so like we end up here and then you should recap at the end okay you came in to work on this we did this Everything that happens after that is not my responsibility or concern. My only, what am I in control of as a coach? And that's what we do in that time we have together. Everything else is out of my control and I'm not responsible for it. So I shouldn't be taking responsibility for it, good, bad, or otherwise. I'm only responsible for what happens in that hour of work with that session or with that client. Everything else, not my, not my control, not my wheelhouse, not my business. Also, I want to give my little personal conspiracy on clients. Sometimes <laughs> you have uh, I don't think that some clients are out there with the goal in mind to have coaching done. And that's what they get out of continuous coaching sessions. Sometimes what they probably want is somebody to talk to yeah. and go through the process of coaching rather than trying to achieve some, you know, overarching goal. I agree. If they want to that for themselves and they're still coaching with you. They're clearly getting something else out of that that is not just the end goal. Um, and whether or not they admit it or openly say it, I my sneak, sneaking suspicion is that they just enjoy sitting down with somebody and talking. Um, progress. Whose definition is progress? Snail yeah. progress is 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 important as the rabbit's progress, right? To be able to go slow and steady and build on that learning like Anthony's talking about is just as important as someone that moves more quickly, let's say like that rabbit. And also who's defining the progress? It should be the client, not the coach. So like if, if that's, if I'm the client and I'm walking through the door and I'm like, uh, well, what do you want to work on oh, while we're, we're together, going to be together? We've made a commitment. We're, we are going to be together 12 weeks. What do you want to work on? Well, you know, I just want to have a safe space for me to uh, be able to share my thoughts and ideas and, and figure out, you know, what to do next. And I, I could change week to week. I don't know. But right now, that's what I want. Uh, so, okay, well, then what do you want to explore today? Uh, today? I want to uh, explore um, how I'm going to get to the store without murdering somebody. Okay, let's talk it through. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and that's, it may not seem like 
much to that coach because that's coach ego right there. My clients aren't working on these massive goals. They just want to come in and chat with me and work out, you know, how to get to the store and how to, you know, they're not getting these huge breakthroughs. Well, that's your ego. Like that might be all that client needs and that might be life changing to that client. So back up mofo. (laughs) Get your ego out. (laughs) So yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so ego, the client is bigger than your ego and advice. They have so much, so much information. And you're putting what you need in front of what that client needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question now, what if as a coach, you know that there is another coach who would be a better fit for your client in terms of like the niche that you're coaching in, then, you know, do it. With- operating operating yourself with the mindset of abundance. If you're going to operate as a coach with the mindset of lacking, that's a problem. But I also want, would caution though, before you, there, I'm going to say yes. Good point. Sure. Yeah. But, but also don't, you can offer it, right? Yeah. But what you think I'm, that client is coming to you for may not be what they're actually coming to you. Good point. Good point. They might have connected with you as a human being, who you are, your personality, your, how you talk, your approach to just whatever it is you put out there. And that might not be in exact, what they want to work on may not be in the exact wheelhouse of what you're comfortable working on, but they may not be there because of that expertise. They might be there because of who you are. Who you are as a coach. What your energy is and how you put your energy. So I would say, hey, I have no coach that that does work in this space and maybe might be able to benefit you better than me. But I wouldn't just close that door on them right away. I would give them that information and and make it a a safe space for them to decide if that's best for them or if working continuing with you is best for them. Yeah, good definitely good point. Absolutely. Final question for me. What if my client is just an asshole? You, you can be an asshole back. And, no, I'm going to do that for all my future staff, student coaching people. I'm going to be an asshole to them. I've, <laughs> I've had a client that was that way, but, and, and I say this loosely, I still was endearing. I, they, they were endearing to me because that that was the language that they were comfortable with not that they were treating me that way it was just mm-hmm. the, the snarky behavior the whatever you would call it sarcasm way which others would call it being an asshole we got into a space where it was endearing i want mm-hmm. to sounds think, weird but eh, I, I i can be endeared to assholes honestly <laughs> <laughs> a sound bite that later <laughs> um, so uh the the on the flip side though of that uh to all of you coaches who are people pleasers out there and who will allow your boundaries to get pushed sometimes there's a big disclaimer uh there i would say the moment you are in a situation where you're you don't feel comfortable or safe or you know it's not right do not be afraid to quit that session immediately quit that client immediately draw your hard and rigid boundaries and say i am not comfortable in this situation i do not feel safe here i'm going to end it right now and refer out and have a clear conscience about that have a 100 yeah, percent clear conscience absolutely. about putting your safety your boundaries first uh and if they're overstepped or violated in any way being 100% okay with ending and severing that relationship. Always. Yeah. So that was a disclaimer there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm done and it's 5.03 and I'm going to go work out. So we got to yep, wrap it up. I got to hop out. Uh, no, we got to end the stream first. <laughs> okay. Thank you so for watching. <laughs> It's wonderful having you guys here every Tuesday. Thank you so much. Please be sure to subscribe, especially on YouTube. We want you to like us everywhere and anywhere. We want you to add some amazing comments where you're sharing
your perspective and um, experience. Our team here is having fun every Tuesday at four. We have our amazing classes going on all the time, three-day intensives, come join us. We're almost sold out through the rest of the year. So if you wanna get in before January, if you wanna be a coach in 2022 and not 2023, you better sign up like now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, next week, we're gonna be talking about guilt. Oh, we're gonna be examining guilt, a very complex emotion uh and what it is the ins and the outs um and and so we're going to do a deep dive into the concept of guilt um, oh and we're going to do it in costume so. yeah we're going <laughs> to it'll be a, a discussion about guilt in costume because we're going to do that <laughs> we're calling it the halloween hangover guilt uh, guilt free episode the guilt free halloween hangover episode <laughs> so <good>. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, guys, that's all. Thank you, guys. Make sure you check out Certified Life Coach Institute. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF-accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.